how devastating time Ukrainian people are going through under Russia's aggression since February 24th, just four months ago. Today, we'd like to understand the latest status of Ukraine. In the meantime, we'd like to get our messages out from Japan. I'd like to extend my deepest condolences to Ukrainians who lost their lives during this war started by Russia. TV news and newspapers convey heartbreaking news every day. What Ukraine bravely has been defending and fighting for impresses us deeply. We, Aspen Japan, definitely support you and we will continue to do so. Aspen Institute Kiev and Aspen Institute Japan will present a variety of views today about Russia's illegal and unprovoked war in Ukraine. This war, as you all know, is not only about Ukraine. It is not only about the Ukrainian people, though they are taking the brunt of the pain and torture in this war. This war is about democracy. This war is about values. This war is about not allowing an autocrat tyrant to blackmail the world with his nuclear weapons. This war is about the future and the fate of democracy in the world. Despite concerted and consolidated efforts made by um, rallying countries to this battle for freedom, pressures attempted so far have not been powerful enough to push Putin Russia to discontinue military operation. So it's quite evident that something more should be done and we need to envisage a next course of actions to put an end to this irrational and unjustifiable aggression. <clears throat> so that's how we get together here in this dialogue to exchange our views on what actions are still open and available to us to support Ukrainian people. It is important to look, this, look at this program from the much broader viewpoint of the United Nations with its co co collective security system. When the Second World War ended, the victorious powers, especially the United States, the Soviet Union, and the United Kingdom had cross consultations in Tehran and Yalta um, for creating a new, stronger system of collective security to ensure the enduring peace against the bitter experience of the failure of the League of Nations. Now, this was done by empowering Permanent Five, which stronger with Permanent Five, with stronger executive power to ensure peace under Charter 7 of the Charter. The current aggression of Russia is a gross breach by one of the strongest of these founding fathers of the United Nations, on whom the whole world has placed its trust by accepting the Charter of the United Nations. What Russia has done is simply to, to, to ignore and violate the whole system whether it has been working or not, it has been there. But what Russia did is as one of the founding fathers of this whole system, it came down to, to, to break it by itself. 
And this is what the, the whole aggression means. In other words, in other words, the whole world, together with the United Nations, has to rise against this aggression in defense of the United Nations, with its strengthened capacity to cope with the security crisis. In the longer term, of course, this means some reform of the United Nations involved. But the basic point is that the system is still there. Ukrainians, they never provoke in any, in any way, they never provoked this war. It was absolute nonsense to say or to think that Russian language or Russian people or whoever connected to Russia was prosecuted in Ukraine just because they are Russians. This is nonsense, which we absolutely unacceptable for us in our culture, in our mentality. All people are equal. We are a democratic country. We accept all religions, all race, all uh, nations as equal. And uh, all this Russian propaganda, which persists on a so-called Nazi regime in Kyiv, this is even beyond comprehension. To accuse Ukraine, which suffered in the Second World War Im immensely from Nazis, to accuse Ukraine in a similar behavior, this is absolutely outstanding lie. This morning, it was like a gift when I saw the most recent uh, public poll uh, by Pew uh, Research Center published uh, about attitude in the world toward uh, Russia and toward Putin. And in Japan, we are winning 92 to 6. So 92% of Japanese very clearly see ugly face of, of contemporary Russia ugly face of Putin, who is uh, paranoidal about uh, extermination of Ukrainians from the face of Earth. Uh, it is extremely important that uh, this understanding will help us not just to build bridges, uh, not just to, to cooperate uh, in uh, the uh, Japanese assistance to Ukraine in this war, but in much bigger issue. We must work together in the future for uh, creation of uh, just and effective international system of security guarantees. Uh, it is not well known in Ukraine that Japan has uh, uh, several neighbors. If we have one neighbor which is uh, crazy and which is trying to uh, attack us, Japan has three such neighbors which uh, 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 assume uh, territorial uh, uh, problems with Japan and uh, we, all of them have uh, nuclear weapons. I mean, uh, Russia, North Korea, and China. So Japan uh, is in a situation when strong policy uh, of uh, and, uh, unity of the nation and strong policy and strong diplomacy is very crucial. We should prepare the whole world and the Russian society in particular that military defeat is good for Russia that in Russian history, there are cases when Russia lost the wars and it was always, it was bringing good results. And one of the example is uh, Russia-Japanese war uh, in early 20th century, which actually brought uh, reforms in Russia, which brought the first uh, parliament to Russia. Unfortunately, it didn't last long, but uh, Russia military victories always restored totalitarianism and authoritarianism. Russian military defeats uh, opens the way for reforms. Therefore, I think uh, the world should not be afraid of saying openly that Ukraine should win and Russia should lose in this war. Because the cruelty of Russian army uh, shows that uh, 
there is something wrong with the Russian society. There is a kind of a culture of violence in the Russian society on the family level that people always very often find themselves in a situation when they are subject to violence and therefore they try to spill over the, this violence to other people, either in their own society or outside. So this is a kind of a masochistic, sadistic, masochistic uh, uh, political culture in Russia. And we should understand that. We should understand that uh, Russia's war against Ukraine is not only an expression of uh, Putinist imperialist ideas or ambitions. This is also only also something that comes from within the the sadomasochistic uh, elements which are present in in Russian life, in Russian society. It is important to understand, I think, that Russia is attacking Ukraine not because of the NATO expansion. It is attacking Ukraine because its willingness to expand, its own willingness to expand. There are arguments that NATO should not have enlarged in, uh, in, in the 90s and, and years 2000. My hypothesis is that if NATO did not enlarge those years, we would have the war not only in Ukraine, but in Poland, Baltic states and Central Europe. Uh, because these, these countries themselves, of course, uh, they are much, much, much weaker than, than the Russian Empire. Russian imperial project is, is a project, uh, the only political project Russia is able to survive. Russian statehood uh, began in late 15th century with, uh, with the idea of the empire. Russia first wanted to become an empire and only then it thought it would be nice to be a nation state. We should remember this. And I think that Russia is now basically one of the lonely empires that have left not only in Europe, but in Eurasia. The government Japan's position is very clear. And for that matter, I even say very simple. As Judge Owada eloquently articulated, Russia's military aggression against Ukraine is a clear violation of international law. Russia is unilaterally challenging the status quo by the use of force and shaking the very foundations of the international order. The atrocity committed against a large number of innocent citizens, civilians by the Russian troops, is a grave breach of international humanitarian law. This is war crimes. The behavior with Russia, absolutely unacceptable. Russia must be strictly accountable for its war crimes. We must show that any action that violates international law will come at a high price. Japan's overall stance and support toward Ukraine enjoys a very strong support in the Japanese society at large. According to the latest public poll, opinion poll, as high as 70% of the respondents strongly support the policy of the government Japan. Point comes to the acceptance of the refugees to Japan, even higher number of 80% of the respondents support helping Ukrainian refugees in Japan. The great majority of the Japanese citizens consider Russia's aggression not someone else's tragedy, but our own problem, our own issue. In this case, 
I can assure you, my friends in Ukraine, so-called aid fatigue or war fatigue has not yet been observed in Japanese society. We are ready to continue to work with Ukraine. I would uh, like to make uh, quickly five points. Uh, one, the democratic countries should make best use of what we have already. Uh, I think the best example is uh, UNGA, uh, United Nations General Assembly, listening to the countries who use veto. The, have, uh, it was a Liechtenstein who proposed this, and to make those uh, uh, UN uh, Security Council members explain to others why did they did for the first time this happened in May twenty May this year, and I think that is a very good example. Second, the democratic country, countries or like-minded countries should fortify their camps. So Quad, AUKUS, IPEF, these new initiatives, I think, are very important. Third, we have to broaden bases. Very frank, I will be little, sound a little cynical, I know, but we've been helped a lot by China's very aggressive, what they call wolf warrior diplomacy. Because many countries, have thought that China is so aggressive and they parted China. American approach today of putting democracies uh, in front, I think has good side as well, but at the same time has to be done skillfully. You should not antagonize countries like Egypt, Thailand, Singapore, Saudi Arabia, or Mexico, we have to broaden uh, the camp as possible so that we would not push those countries in between to the other camp. Fourthly, truce or peace conference, if that happens in the future, I think the guarantor of peace should not be a country like Turkey, but I think United Nations Security Council members and United Nations Secretary General uh, should be involved. And if country like Japan, if we are invited, should be willing to uh, involve ourselves in that kind of uh, process. Fifth, uh, restoration. As Ambassador Kosinski said, uh, we have technology, we have some money if uh, that's uh, needed. So I think we should devote ourselves uh, to that. And uh, Ambassador Matsuda rightly said that uh, Japan is not yet uh, under aid fatigue. And I hope that will not occur in the future as well. We actually believe that this war, this full-scale invasion of the Russian Federation against Ukraine has divided the world into they and us. They being barbaric, they being inhumane, they being uh, non-civilized, and us uh, who are basing our actions on values. I'm sure that we, we all know that Ukrainian 
armed forces and Ukrainian uh, society and Ukrainian people have astonished the whole world with their readiness to to push back on this um, absolutely unprovoked attack of Russian Federation. And that means that uh, in this war, we all have common responsibility, standing together with the Ukrainian people, with Ukrainian armed forces, and making sure that the aggressor, the authoritarian state that has decided to, um, to erase another state uh, from the map of the world, and that has decided uh, that it has the right to decide on the uh, on the fate of other nation, of other state, and of other people, has to be defeated. So here, I think there are a couple of things that are important at this particular moment. I appreciate that what has been already said in terms of um, in terms of the need to widen the international base of support in the world. And definitely, there is a lot that still has to be done with regard to getting at least democracies or those who are uh, attributing themselves as democracies on board, like working with uh, Brazil, working with South Africa, working with India, working with uh, uh, Indonesia. And I think here it's, um, it's very important to see who are those uh, most trusted and most efficient um, and right international uh, interlocutors to speak to these countries in order to break um, to break their uh, attitude to this uh, war and to ensure that uh, they are um, helping to restore the international uh, order and international rules and procedures and security of the world. Um, I believe that as a result of this war and in, during this war, Russia has to be isolated. And that means that we appreciate all the efforts that have been already made in terms of making sure that the Russian Federation is not present in uh, one or another international organization. But there is also a lot of need to, to clean up the bureaucracies of some of the international organizations. For example, the, inter the, the International Energy uh, Agency. Um, from Russian influence because unfortunately some of their actions and or inactions are leading to additional raising um, threats to the, to the security in the world. 